Hi, Gauri here. We've collected the best insights from the first 20 Knowledge Base Ninjas episodes into a clear and concise ebook. Simply send a blank email to ninja at bcast.email. That's ninja at bcast.email and it will be sent right back to you. Thank you. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Gauri Ramkumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day everyone. Our guest today is Colum, Knowledge Base Manager at Mindcast Services Limited. a cybersecurity provider that helps thousands of organizations worldwide make email safer restore trust and bolster cyber resilience welcome colum to knowledge base ninjas podcast how are you doing today i'm doing very well thanks gary and hello everybody who's listening fantastic thank you colum so let's uh, let's get a quick introduction about yourself the nature of business uh, to get some context into Sure. So I mean, I've been working in the uh, technical communications field for, gosh, I think it's about 20 years now. Uh, I, I kind of fell into it by accident, which is <laughs> it's kind of an interesting story. So at the time, I was working at a, at a, a software firm uh, as an account manager. And uh, we had one part of the uh, one, one product that we 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 had that was really very badly documented. So the one of the directors at the time pulled a few of us together and said you go away and and write something and come back in a week and we'll see what we got and so we each went away and did our own thing uh came back and it, it was obviously something that they spotted in me then because uh, a year or two later on when the company decided it needed a technical writer they came to me and and offered me the role so that that's kind of where I've kind of come from and I've had a couple of roles since then um to where I am today i mean at mindcast i've got a, a slightly sort of um uh, nuanced role uh when i started there i was the only technical writer but i was also doing a bit of copywriting on the side as well um that's kind of grown with the company so uh, i mean now I, i actually manage a team of technical writers and also community managers who look after the the whole of the the user the end user community as well Fantastic wow that's that's really nice to hear uh, column uh, did you say 20 years of experience in technical writing yeah i'm afraid so i'm getting old now <laughs> you've got plenty of experience uh, let me let me put it that way okay <laughs> so so i think you kind of answered my next question like how did you initially got into documentation you did mention it was an accident right <laughs> yeah kind of i mean i mean you know it's interesting When I was a, a real youngster, I mean, even before I started working, um, I, I can remember a particular instance where uh, I'm Irish originally, although you can't really tell from my accent anymore. <laughs> um, but uh, my aunt and uncle were, were coming across from from Dublin to visit us in London, and uh, they were they asked us for directions of how to drive from Holyhead. They were taking the, the car ferry across from Dublin to Holyhead. and to drive from Holyhead in North Wales down to London. 
And so I sort of sat down with a, in those days, it wouldn't have been with a sat nav, of course, it would have been yeah. just with a, just a paper map, you know, yeah. and, and try to map out um, sort of key towns, key changes in, in routes and things like that so they could take. And I, I kind of had a sort of an annotation in mind that was really just a bunch of arrows and with, with you know, M5, M1, Birmingham, you know, all the first key points on that and sent it to them. But of course, it was by post in those days as well. And, and that, that was kind of the first time I sort of thought, well, actually, I'm quite good at sort of, you know, uh, telling people what they need to know in a, a form format that they can quickly to, you know, digest and, and, and use. Yep. Very good, good. Yeah, I remember those days where there was no sat nav, and I, I have experienced traveling with maps as well, column. So, yeah. <laughs> great. So, so given that the vast amount of experience you have, so what is your documentation process, and who do you normally involve in such uh, process defining stages? Yeah, it, it, do you know what? It's, it's kind of different in the different roles I've had. I mean, at Mimecast, um, we do have a process. Um, and, and most of the time it works. I, I think I think one of the things about uh, having a process is it, it's it's kind of it shouldn't or very rarely I find actually it should be taken as, as gossipable. You know, it's it's kind of a if you like a guideline. I mean, I think where we are at the moment. I think we, although we're a, a large company, well, coming up to being a large company now, um, and we've been going for almost twenty years. Um, yeah, we've still got very much a sort of a startup mentality at, at, at heart. So, and I think you know, the, one of the things about anybody who's worked for a startup company is that process isn't necessarily at the forefront of people's minds. So, um, I think the key is to be flexible with the process as well. I mean, by all means, have the process, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, it, when something has to be done, you, you might have to bend the rules a little bit. I mean, as far as our process is concerned, we, we work largely with uh, uh, our, our product team. I mean, we, we get a lot of the information that we need to know from the product managers and uh, the product marketing teams. So we work very, very closely with them. Uh, we attend a lot of meetings with them, particularly me, a uh, lot of strategy meetings about uh, what's likely to come up. And so we get an idea then of the impact of any documentation changes and also when they're likely to happen. Um, yeah, so that, that's kind of the key, the key stakeholders for us. I mean, we do have a, a few other uh, stakeholders as well. Particularly, sort of, we have worked very closely with our customer experience and customer support teams, um, and the, you know they're at the hard, the hard, uh, the the, you know, the front line. They're they're the ones that are actually taking the calls. So if uh, our documentation isn't up to scratch, or there's something that's not quite. Uh, meeting the the needs of that particular customer, then obviously we need to know about that. So we do get a lot of calls from uh, or a lot of uh, cases from them just to maybe add a bit of nuance to the documentation or just to you know add something or just change it in a, in a minor way. Uh, I mean, as far as the process is concerned, I mean, our, our process is quite clear. I mean, we actually tell people to, I mean, apart from actually coming to us and talking to us and mm-hmm. <laughs> just... <laughs> You know, it, it, I think people sort of think of documentation and technical writers as people who kind of sit in a in a in a basement somewhere in the dark and just a bit like something from the IT crowd. You know, if you've seen that program, but I, I'm very keen to get on the front foot and sort of evangelise our um, our role and uh, what we can do for others, apart from you know what we what they can do 
they can do for us. So yep. it, it's a two-way process. So we have a, 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 a DL, a document a distribution list, which we, we can people can email, and that'll automatically create a JIRA case uh, for us to follow and for them to follow as well. So it's, it's, it's very much about getting the communication channel open and uh, you know, following things through to completion. Fantastic. So that, that I really like that approach of being very proactive and evangel- being an evangelist rather than just waiting for them to come and uh, tell you the, the, it's time for documentation. Great, great. So what do you think are the important factors for to consider when creating documentation, uh, not only for SaaS business, but for any kind of uh, successful organization? Mm, that's a good question. I, I- I mean, I always tell my staff to try and use the software before they do anything. Um, and and even when they're actually documenting it, to have the, the software open side by side. Uh, I mean, we actually have a the way the way we tend to work is is quite often people will will send us content and they'll say, here's a word document with what you need. And, uh, you know, quite often, you know, we're the best one in the world. Some of the people that write this documentation, um, let's put it this way, have got a particular focus in mind. So they're looking at it from a product point of view, from a marketing perspective. They're not thinking it from it from an end-user perspective necessarily. So you can open it up. And yes, there's a lot of good detail in there. But if you've got the content or the actual the SaaS product or whatever it is side by side, you can quite often pick up on things which haven't been included because the original author thought it wasn't relevant or, uh, you know, just completely forgot about because they're focusing on one particular process. So I think it's important to, you know, to look at the whole picture, the whole spectrum of what the, the product can do when you're documenting so that you don't uh, leave something out. I mean, the, the number of times I've sort of got content from a from a word file and then you go into the, the product and you've, you've realised that, well, actually, whilst they say you can do something by clicking on a button, you can actually do it in a number of other different ways, but haven't been included mm-hmm. you know, via a right-click menu item or you know, an icon or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. So very well said, uh, um, Column. So there could be a lot of ways you could do one thing, um, even sometimes better, provided there is good documentation to, uh, to go with. Very good, yeah. So I think uh, that kind of uh, ties in well with my next question. So you might have partly answered this as well. So what role do you think a good documentation have in your customer service or success strategy? Mm, I think it's actually central to everything we do. Um, As I was saying in the introduction, my team is responsible for what we call our Mimecaster central community. So it's it's basically our end user community, which includes uh, not just the knowledge base, but also, you know, the user forums, uh, any sort of service updates we might publish and, and that type of content. So it is kind of, you know, the one-stop shop for all of our users to go to for information about our products and, and our services. Uh, so, you know, the knowledge base forms the majority of the content, but the user-generated content is is just as much value. So it, it it's kind of refreshing, I think, where I am now. I mean, I've I've worked in in multiple companies where tech, technical documentation wasn't really used, or where it was really just a disparate collection of material. Um, at Mimecast, it's it's a, to hear you know our support engineers 
actively using the knowledge base and sending links out to customers. Um, we use links uh, in our interactive, yeah, so interactive elements inside our products and inside Wizards, so that uh, you know it's it's kind of front and center of pretty much everything we do. Uh, so it it has to be of a sufficiently high quality to uh, to meet the customer's needs and obviously reduce those support costs coming in. And I'd kind of also add, I think we're still in the very early stages of a process of doing something called knowledge-centric content. So this is kind of where if a support call comes in, we can you know, we can actually sort of highlight one or two sort of knowledge-based links, content, mm-hmm. which might help answer the customer's query straight away. Sure. Um, but if it doesn't, and obviously it goes through the support engineer, the support engineer can then email us with whatever it was uh, that the, the page didn't answer so that we can then you know, curate the content and sort of improve the content going forward. Yep, yep, that, that's true. So this is where the collaboration comes with different teams, isn't it, to make your knowledge base or documentation more uh, richer and to the point. Exactly, yeah. Great. So what kind of reduction in workload have you seen since introducing quality documentation? Of course, your support tickets might reduce. Uh, that's one way of measuring, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you know, it's, it's really difficult to answer that question. And, and, and I was listening to one or two of your other um, podcasts, and I think you know, those, those people who are participated in that had the same sort of difficulty answering this question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Mimecast isn't isn't a place to work if you want an easy life. <laughs> I mean that in the nicest possible way. You know, I mean, um, I think I think you know, I think one with us, it's it's kind of difficult to answer that for a number of reasons. But I think kind of the major reason is that over the years that we've uh, we've acquired a number of customers, sorry, a number of different companies. So we've we've had to sort of bring their knowledge base uh, content online as well, and, and we're constantly involving um, uh, product lines. So you know, I mean, as I was kind of intimating earlier on, we, we have a very very uh, dynamic um, product line, uh, which which is you know constantly changing, and we've got a very small team of uh, technical writers to produce the content. So. It's 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 it, I enjoy I absolutely thoroughly enjoy it because I mean I've, I've worked in companies where it's called being boom and bust where you've you've kind of worked for like a madman for a month and then you have a month where you're just sitting around twiddling your thumbs and I'd hated yeah. that. Like yeah. Mimecast, it's 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 you know it's never a dull moment. There's always something going on. Ooh. So um, as far as reduction in workload is concerned, I think uh, yeah, it's kind of difficult really. I think. I mean, with with some of the um, the content we've brought in from some of the companies we've provided, it's been it's it's quite interesting seeing how other people do it, uh, how they you know produce their content. I mean, it's been ranged from companies where we bought where the taking technical documentation was really just uh, like a fifteen to twenty page PDF made up of mainly screenshots, <laughs> uh, through to. Um, more sort of uh, fully developed WordPress sites where we could just dump, you know, the content out to a, some sort of uh, in, uh, file that we can import. But even then, some of the content we've had has been very sort of chatty. I mean, I can give you an example. 
where we were reading through some technical documentation of a company where they'd said something along the lines of, once you've completed task, task X, go make yourself a cup of tea. You know, it, it, and we had to sort of, you know, obviously to remove all this stuff to bring it into our star guide. So, mm. um, yeah, so okay. it, it's kind of an interesting time at Mimecast where there's, there's oh. lots of variety, lots of stuff going on. Um, so to see a reduction in our workload, I think, you know, if we ever see a reduction in my workload, I think it's a time to think about moving on because it means the company is not growing. <laughs> yeah, to be really honest, uh, everybody has struggled to answer that particular question because, as you rightly said, uh, documentation is something that people might sometimes take it very lightly and, um, you know, they might not bring that into the measure of success, uh, into the measurement of success. So, mm. yeah. So that's why we kind of slightly tweak the next question to say, how do you measure the quality of your documentation? Uh, yeah, that's also another question. And I have to be honest, we don't. <laughs> um, I, my team falls in uh, into a of a larger team called customer operations and that team does have some measurements but it's really focused on support uh, so it, it's kind of doing things like measuring that uh, support calls are answered within a certain time frame and and you know, that type of measurement so our team at the moment at least anyway isn't really measured um, i do maintain some metrics myself just for my own personal uh, reference more than anything else and just in case you know i do need to justify why i need another head um can be quite useful to get you know uh, details of the number of cases we get in yeah um so we're averaging about 40 work requests a month uh which for a team of well two technical writers really is it's quite a lot mm. um, last month we had 67 <laughs> which was an interesting month but i mean thankfully a lot of them are quite small so they can be quite quickly handled um yeah so it, it, it that's about as far as we go really the the metrics i keep are really just um to try and sort of spot any trends that might appear over the years I mean, i've been keeping them for about three years now and we, we kind of categorize each change into sort of you know minor medium major but then also um the type of change, whether it's a new bit of functionality or whether it's you know an error or some sort of improvement and things like that. So it's quite useful to sort of keep that type of information at hand. Mm, very nice. Yeah. I think uh, every time you answer my question, it really shows how passionate you are about the work you do. Um, even though the company doesn't demand, you, you want to keep a track of uh, the amount of documentation you're doing on a monthly basis. So that, that's really good to know, Colm. Super. Yeah. Yeah, I so, add, sorry, I just want to add that, um, you know, I, I kind of take the opinion that I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that I'm kind of left alone to my own devices quite a lot. So, um, you know, I, if people think that I'm, we're doing a bad job, then obviously they'll be the first people to tell me. So the very fact that I don't hear that means I must be doing a reasonable job. Something correct, yeah. <laughs> Great. So... Uh, given the nature of your company and uh, the products that you have in the market, so are you currently generating any organic search traffic from your knowledge base? Yes, we are. You know, it's interesting um, you asked that question because uh, you know, I mean, one of the things that we we're looking into in, our, in the, the provider that we have for our for our community is to make sure that the search um, is is good and returns returns the right results. Um, 
Now, we've recently changed providers. Um, and in the old provider, uh, there was kind of one thing I noticed when I was walking around is that people were using Google and various other search engines to find our content. Uh, There's one of the reasons why we started to change, look around at other providers, because we kind of realized that the the old provider, the search uh, engine that didn't always provide you know, the same type of results as Google. So, yeah, in fact, it's it's kind of become a habit, of, particularly of a lot of our search engineers, to actually use the Google search engine rather than um, the the search engine inside the, the platform that provides our community. But I will say one thing um, against that. Well, not against it. But, I mean, obviously, we're a security provider, so we do have um, some content that's behind a firewall. So, I mean, we, obviously, we don't want all and sundry getting hold of details that they can use to circumnavigate the way that our customers configure their systems to to protect themselves against things like spam and impersonation and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, yes, uh, a lot of our content is publicly available and is uh, access freely accessible from search engines, but there is a subset that isn't. Okay. Okay. Great. So I think that does um, that brings me to the end of uh, the slow questions. Now it's going to be a rapid fire round. Um, so it's just three questions, just to get more uh, experience from your side. So who have you learned the most about documentation from in your careers? That's yes. So. In, in a past job, I used to use uh, Adobe RoboHop a lot. And uh, when I first started to use that, obviously, it was quite a sort of sea change from anything I'd used before. So I thought the best thing to do would be to try and get some sort of training on it. So I did a bit of sort of self-learning on that, uh, e-learning courses. But then once you start to use it for real, you start to realize that you know very little about it. and You know the theory, but in practice, there's a lot more you can do with it. So I, I've always been very keen to get onto product forums and, and to pick up bits of advice from people on, on those types of sites. And for for the Adobe RoboHop, it was people like John Daigle, Rick Stone, Peter Grange. I mean, they're well-known names on the Adobe uh, um, RoboHop forum sites. Uh, so those three people, I, I think, are standout uh, people I've learned a lot from. I mean, I don't use RoboHelp anymore. Um, so, but that type of career advice is, is definitely worth doing. You know, get out there. That, I mean, you'd be amazed at the number of different types of uh, blogs. As you know, this podcast is an example of the types of things you can you can learn just you know, free of charge in most cases. Sure. Uh, so just get out there, do a bit of research yourself as to what's out there. And, and just get you know get involved. Great. So, can you share a documentation related resource you have consumed recently? I can. Yes. So, I I had been in the past a, a fellow of the Institute of Scientific and Technical Communicators, the ISTC. Uh, I'm not anymore, but uh, I still subscribe to their magazine. It's a quarterly magazine called. It's just called Communicator. Uh, and it's an absolute steal at four pounds four pounds a quarter for the online edition. You could just download a PDF, uh, and it's full of really really good articles in there. It covers a wide spectrum of different forms of technical uh, documentation. You know, not just SaaS products. It, it's 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 a great resource. So yeah, that's definitely one to look out for. 
So did you say communicative? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you go onto the ISTC's website, it's got a link there to the actual communication. Fantastic. All right. So this question is always exciting to ask and uh, the, the, the answers that we get. So what's that one piece of documentation related advice you would give to your 20-year-old self? Uh, I'd say never stop learning. Uh, you know, there's a reason why the dinosaurs went are extinct. You know, in this business, you need to evolve. Um, and you know, be, be sure, be, be proud of your achievements, but you don't live off them off the credit for them for too long. No, no sooner have you published, press that publish button, uh, you know, it, it's there and yes, it'll look good, but you can bet your bottom dollar in another month or two or three months, you'll look at it and go, blimey, did I write that? So <laughs> I mean, a number of times I've sort of looked at stuff I've written and, th- and thought, that, that's that's not very good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> spot little things. And, and also kind of just... Um, just remember, you're never going to reach the sort of perfect piece of documentation because mm. there's always something to, you know, I don't know, some different perspective to look at or some uh, resource constraint, which means you can't spend as much time on it as possible. So, you know, strive for perfection, but you know, if, you do, if you don't get it, <laughs> better. Well, that's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Great. So brilliant column. Uh, Thank you once again. And uh, I will keep you posted on the podcast uh, coming live. Lovely. Thank you, Gary. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.